Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we go over one minute of the all-too-timely Robert Wise-directed feature, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. Thanks for staying with us the entire week here. Uh, my name is Jim O'Kane, one of your hosts. And my name is Pete the Retailer, another one of your hosts. And uh, Pete, thanks for spending the whole week with us here on uh, what has got to be one of the <laughs> slowest-paced movies uh, ever made in the '70s. There were a lot of slow-paced movies back then. That's what I like. I like them slow. Yeah, it's uh, no, no surprises here. I, I I got a copy of the the shooting script, the final shooting script, and most of the time when you're when you're watching a movie, it's usually like two to three pages per minute. And in this particular minute that we're going through, uh, as far as I can tell, it covers one half of a page it's the entire minute so just not a lot of not a lot of dialogue not a lot of action and uh yeah the big news is that uh, dr hall found his key which was apparently around the back of his neck um right i i don't i don't understand how it got there i mean you'd have to it, it would have to work its way over his shoulder and down his back. But it would, the last time we saw him, he had been sitting at a desk and he had fallen asleep face down. So osmosis or changes in gravity, <laughs> I don't. Maybe magnetism, I don't know. It's just very, magnets. very peculiar. All magnets. Yeah. All magnets. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's difficult. Now I I do get an answer to a question that I asked on Wednesday. Here he wrote that sheaf of. Uh, formulas and equations and notes and things like that on that piece of paper and then just walked out the door. So I guess all that, <laughs> all that paperwork was for nothing. And uh, it's any any thoughts or ideas that he had were just left on the desk. Yeah, for um, later. Yeah, maybe for later. Um, it's, uh, it's maybe maybe the, the housekeeping people will may be able to make something of it. <laughs> um, we do have uh, one of... Well, possibly my favorite cameo, although we never see him in in the face. We have uh, uh, the voice, the dulcet tones of uh, Walker Edmiston coming through the speaker as the uh, the voice answering service supervisor, who's not a recording like Mrs. Gladys Stevens is, and uh, kind of uh, chides or not quite berates Doctor Hall for not developing a serious attitude about his uh, proto uh, Alexa there. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um... I uh, I had to I, I didn't know to uh, didn't recognize right off the bat. I was like, wait a minute, that that voice sounds kind of familiar. And then I I'm looking it up. I was like, oh, of course, yeah. Yes, yes, Mr. Um, uh, uh, Baylock himself. Yeah, from, well, to uh, me, it's Enoch. Yeah, it's the um, Enoch, the the altrusian, not the sleeve stack. He's oh like, yes, yes, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, the land of the lost. I had uh, done somewhat of a deep dive the last couple of years and. Um, I, I one of my favorite characters in that, and uh, that's that's my my primary point of reference for him. Uh, and he was one of there were there were several voices that did it, but one of he was one of Ernie the Keebler elves, hmm. the most the most uh, dulcet tone of all the Keebler elves. Sure. Um, eventually replaced by, and of course his name escapes me when Showtime comes up, but it was he was a regular character on the Adams Family. It was a visiting guy, kind of always had a. Right. Big sideburns, and he he played the later Ernie, but this this was early Ernie, the later Ernie. Yeah, <laughs> when, it, when, it, when we find out that guy's name, that totally has to be the name of his uh, biography. Yeah. Later Ernie, yes, the later he's Ernie, uh, yeah. he's the the Roger Moore of uh, Ernie's. Um, <laughs> so it just uh, it, it, it's just amazing hearing his voice, and then when you go through his IMDb and find out he was just everybody. He was yeah, he, he was so many things. He was. Uh, 
what you call it, bitter bitter number two in the gamesters of Triskelion. I think he was the uh, the oh, yellow yeah. brain. So uh, <laughs> all, all up upload you know altered and, and electronically uh, variated. But uh, great, yeah, great voice all around and, and all part of our... Uh, his career, uh, I'm just looking at his, not, not his full IMDb, but just on Wikipedia, his career, like he was on, he did voices for Beanie and Cecil. Yeah. And also Avatar The Last Airbender. That's the scope of his Wow, what career. a range. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing Bugaloos, and uh, he, was, uh, he was the baby chimp in uh, Escape from the Planet That's of the Apes, nice. the guy going mama. <laughs> so uh, I wonder how many takes that was. Um, <laughs> wow, and uh, he was the fake voice of the SS Deirdre on Friday's Child episode of uh, Star Trek. Oh, so definitely yeah. a, a a big deep dive to do with him. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I know I'll be bringing him up a bunch of times on uh, ABC DTOS as we as we get yes. through it. Yeah, I got got to tune in on that. But ah, what a what a career, and always uh, always appreciated. It, uh, unsung heroes of uh, of our childhood. <laughs> um, but he uh, yeah, uh, and in this one he just does get I, i'm wondering what the uh what the error rate is is it the third time that you get a smart aleck response that you get a call from the supervisor how does that <laughs> how does that work yeah and, it's kind of like one of those you know uh, the automated call menus if you just keep kind of mashing some wrong keys and eventually it connects <laughs> you to a to a human yeah yeah that, that's where it's at it's like too, too many errors in here if you fi- fix this now um and i'm probably not appreciating because this I would think that now that wildfire has been activated and they're actually doing what they are supposed to be doing, and this is not a drill and everything, I would think that everybody in the, you know, the regular guys that live out there in the middle of the agricultural station in the middle of nowhere are probably really keyed up about getting it done, getting it right. And then uh, this guy's trying to put on a a calm and uh, reassuring voice, but he's probably pretty ticked off that uh, the doctor is messing with his voice response system. Um, I I, I would, <laughs> I would yeah. think there's pro- probably a lot of chatter around the uh, the voice response uh, cafeteria, which is probably separate from these guys. These guys are kind of like the uh, the high Brahmas <laughs> of the uh, of the organization. So they they probably have their own little you know flunky break room that they go to, and they mm. might even have coffee and sugar there because they're not they don't have to worry about being clean. But uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, definitely. He probably knows the guy up on the first floor that has the. Uh, the job of watching that teletype with the, that with a bell ring that that mm. was so now they're now they've got two people at wildfire who hate dr hall so uh yeah it's <laughs> it's it's anger all the way. i would love to see a uh a, a simultaneous movie going on based on andromeda strain only more in an office space style of finding out the regulars that live at wildfire and what they have to put up with while the main crew is uh, is doing their thing um Unfortunately, they had they had their chance fifty years ago and didn't do that. So, um, much like uh, I, I, I in in other in other venues, I would have loved to have seen a series based on the uh, the Marvel comic Damage Control. Oh I, yeah, I, sure. I, I've always I mean they they did mention them in one uh, of the MCU movies. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Spider Man. The was first Spider Man. The, the first kind of uh, MCU integrated Spider Man movie starts out with yeah. Damage Control, and I. Uh, I had to. I'd put off watching that for a little while, and as soon as I hit play and saw that, I texted a couple of people like, <laughs> "If you guys would have told me that it starts with damage control, I would have watched this, you know, months yeah. ago." Yeah, that. Uh, how, you know how they went with Agents of Shield and didn't do damage control. You know, mm-hmm. that, like that's the obvious jumping off point, and <laughs> there's time so much. Time. 
Yeah, so much so much money on the table. They're just leaving. So uh, anyway, the, uh, yeah, it's uh, so we we finally get out of the uh, the Doctor Hall show and get to the famous cafeteria scene of nothing going. Everybody apparently they're. I, I was trying to figure out the conversation we missed just before Doctor Hall walked in, but it sounded like they were all just kind of sitting around looking at the ceiling. So what did you dream about? And uh, uh, Doctor Levitt was talking about his, her dream of of Doctor uh, Professor Carp and his uh, bacteria, uh, alien meteorite bacteria. Right. Um, and uh, then they go into this whole thing about well, he he went over to the other side because we weren't giving him money, so he's going to help the Soviets find out about. Uh, yeah, it's like where is he? Like oh, behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking he's you know slowly being worked into uh you know this they could they could have gone off on another on another tangent with him with Doctor Carp being the uh, the blow felt to uh, Doctor Stone's bond, <laughs> where they're they have these competing alien bio warfare things, um, but that yeah you know, <laughs> that 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 ship didn't sail. Mm. Um, I uh, apparently Carp was well known to all of them. They were all chatting about how to how to get in touch with him and things. Um, I I don't understand the the basic problem I always have with this movie is why didn't they ever have a dress rehearsal? Why didn't they ever have um, you know semi annual get-togethers of the of these doctors? Why didn't they all sit down and chat about what they were going to do if they ever had uh, what they're facing now? It doesn't seem like this should be the first time they should be figuring out what to do about alien stuff. Yeah, that's true. But, but then we would you know, we we wouldn't have a movie then. So exactly, we, yeah. we need to be, um, you know, uh, much in the same way that it's uh, you know anytime somebody on a on a movie or TV uh, show or something like that, they're like, "Look, I'm your brother," and you know, it's obviously yeah. you, know, you know people don't really don't really say that that often. Yeah, to come with me if you want to live. It's just one of those. That's where that's where they're running it to. Right. The. Uh, there, there's another uh, the the other problem that I'm that I'm seeing in all of this is the the, the well the basic problem that I, that I have with this whole decontamination thing is it's gonna it takes them 16 hours to get down to the basement where they have to work and they have to be so clean. Right. What doesn't make sense to me is when they get down to the basement and everything has to be clean, everything's on the other side of a wall. Why do they have to be this clean? Well, you know, it, it's like it's in everything's in a box. The patients are in a box. The the uh, the spaceship that they you know they brought in that's in a box. Everything they're going to test is on the other side of a wall. Why do they need to, you know, get get rid of everything on their side of the wall? It's, it's I can understand you know as we're living in this age of isolation and things, I can understand that part, but I don't understand what they're trying to solve for in in this whole decontamination thing um and again that yeah. may just be here's you know <laughs> let's let's just see how we can scrub the human body and fill up a third of a book with it right um when it, you know it's possible that they don't know what they're doing necessarily either they're just like taking some you know they're like well we'll just try this and hopefully that'll be yeah and uh, hopefully everything can hold together for 16 hours before we even start um right. well i guess they are i guess they are looking at stuff i mean we saw Last week we were looking at minutes where Doctor Stone was looking at the at the capsule, but nobody like they have people downstairs on the fifth level already who are cleaned and scrubbed and given whatever the you know enemas are or whatever they do to them to to keep them clean. Why aren't those people already doing things? They, they should just be meeting up with them later on. I, I, it's 
uh, it's movie movie logic. I you know just shouldn't shouldn't question that that portion of it. Um, uh, just very frustrating. <laughs> uh, and it yeah it's I don't know I I just there's I have more I I was hoping when I started doing this examination of the movie that that I would have questions answered, but it just as I as I go through the movie, all I wind up with is more questions about. <laughs> about how, yeah. how little sense it makes. And I I guess that's in most most movies that we've both been through, um, that that seems to be the, the resultant equation, that you don't get things resolved. You just find new questions that you didn't notice that you should have asked earlier. Right. Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, it's interesting because then it's like well, also what... I feel like this one doesn't... Not... not, not uh, just the way that it's kind of... Uh, self-contained and it's also kind of in you know close to reality so it's like new questions don't necessarily lend themselves to like oh you can you know like in star wars minute row saying oh it's not a you know that's an opportunity if they didn't they didn't explain that that's an opportunity for us to kind of talk about it yeah um but uh i feel like this that's the opposite here where it's just like well it's, it's not really an opportunity because the whole thing is kind of contained within this so it's yeah, it just it just gets more. It just gets. I mean, I, I keep it's peeling the onion. You just you just keep digging in and finding more things that don't add up. There's there's a whole lot of things that don't make sense. Just in terms of the the things like blocking off communication with the White House, blocking off communications with people outside who they should be communicating with to find out what the you know status of whether they've blown up the town or um, if there's anybody else working on this or what other information they might need. It's, you know, it, it, it has to be, this isn't that much different from uh, Asimov's story about Fantastic Voyage. You have to take a team and separate them from everything else and let the team without communication with anyone solve the problem. So this is, this is like Fantastic Voyage without the shrinking part. Um, you've, right. got a mystery, you've got a mystery that's, that's sort of like a police procedural that you're trying to gather evidence and prosecute the you know the disease and figure figure out how to how to solve the disease but and we're we're used to getting this information at such a pace that if the stuff doesn't make sense we can ignore the stuff that doesn't make sense because the story's moved on without us um right and i i yeah, I when still you, yeah when you get that kind of focus you know that works better yeah as I, as we were saying in a more kind of modern fast paced version of this kind of a thing you know but here where you're just you know slowly kind of stepping through it then it's just like oh wait a minute now yeah I'm noticing that that is I, I have time to not to notice that that doesn't necessarily click for me yeah and, and there's there's nobody to ask there's no there's, yeah. no there's no there's no reference point on this that you can say oh well if that happened then this would explain the other and i don't i i don't get the idea that you know creighton wrote the book it was a bestseller mm-hmm. and uh they they turned around and said, okay, let's turn this into a script, and they did. But nobody, there were no story editors sitting down saying, well, how does that explain this, and what about that part? And you know, sometimes you don't have you don't have to explain it. It's just, well, there's a world where this makes sense, so don't worry about it. But in this particular movie, there's so much that doesn't make sense. It it gets really creaky. It, it gets creakier as it as it moves along. That you know, why why did they choose to do the things that you why you know how much how much power does this team have over figuring things out or how much is just like getting dropped into their lap? Um, 
And, I, and you know, it's, I think this this kind of relates to uh, on your on Star Wars Weekend Edition. You're talking about Moonraker, mm-hmm. and Moonraker is as as the '70s ground down, ground on. Which this, you know, these are both products of the '70s. The Bond movies, especially under Moore, uh, they stopped having to make sense, and all you had to do is you're you're watching uh, James Bond instead of solving a problem or figuring out a mystery. Uh, he's he's kind of on an Epcot ride. He's sitting in a chair, and things are being presented to him, and <laughs> he's in danger. He's out of danger. He's going to the inevitable. You, you know how you know what the end scene is going to be like. It's going to be in a large room. There's going to be a lot of sparks and fighting, and then something's going to blow up, and he'll be rescued with the girl. Right. So, and I I think in this movie we're seeing we don't know we really don't know what's causing all the stuff. There's there's mysteries on top of mysteries. It doesn't make sense how they're trying to solve the problem, other than uh, let's scrub everybody up and get them to the basement, and uh, and the answer will present itself, uh, you know, eventually. And somewhere, somewhere at the end, we're going to have uh, explosions and laser beams and and being chased in a in a countdown with a nuclear bomb that we've been telegraphing the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess it's it's just those are all parts of the '70s movie template, um, and. I, I don't think I mean I, I guess I, I'm trying to figure out does Star Wars fit into that pattern the original Star Wars hmm I mean, um, you have a big explosion at the end but um, right does I does Luke have any does Luke have any choice in solving the problems as time goes by does he I mean other than the decision to switch off his targeting computer he does is he kind of led to where he is yeah and, yeah totally because it's all I mean I I we we kind of uh, theorized that it's all obi-wan basically yeah you know even up until that point you know obi-wan basically he's like look just relax and use the force and that's obi-wan just taking over luke's body to pull the trigger you know it's not that he's not uh you know he's just being kind of uh an agent of the force or or you know or or its users yeah Um, it's i mean I, i feel like yeah i don't know i i just it it's i like i like movies that are less I can't say that they're by the numbers because a lot of these are breakthrough breakthrough movies, but yeah. really they're falling back on the same. I mean, you you have to have a, a, a plot structure where you have exposition, complication, resolution, but sometimes they get so far on the rails that you know you just can you, you can fast forward ahead to the last ten minutes of a movie, watch the fight, watch the you know the big boss and the explosion and the resolution, um, and. I mean, I know the book is set up this way, but I just, I, I was, I, I would hope that there would be, you know, if, if this movie were made today, I, uh, I, as I said earlier, I don't think it would be a movie. I think it would be like a six-part miniseries, and there'd be right. a whole bunch of other stuff, like like one of the characters would be a spy for the Soviets, and right, they'd, yeah. be, they'd be doing something where they're secretly sending out information about what's going on, and then there'd be some kind of a big denouement where, you know, they're revealed to have slowed their investigation, and somebody else is making a bigger um, badder uh, bacteria that's going to a- attack the U.S. with the stuff that they found out in here, and so it becomes more than just a race to uh, uh, to solve their own problem, but to uh, stop the damage that the the baddie that was in the you know the uh, the Wayne Knight character from Jurassic Park. That's right. pretty much the same thing. So I think and I think that's where it would they would complicate it and then open it up with you know right. with more hours of of the show. I like that because then that character would be could be in this scene and feel kind of like. Uh, you know, uh, 
slightly uncomfortable as they're joking about the Iron Curtain, and they're like, yeah, hey, yeah, 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 guys, right? Iron Curtain, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, it could be like like the Dutton character, David Wayne's character, because he seems yeah. the most you know avuncular. He's like a grandpa guy, and you'd never expect him, but he was getting money because his wife has you know some incurable disease, and he right. had to he had to sell it to the Soviets, and then. Uh, you know, they they put them in cuffs and move them away, and they're they're down another gr- person on the uh, on the team, and they still have to solve the problem. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it, this. I, I'm I, I know that they they did the remake about ten years ago, but I I can see something like uh, like this, Netflix. They did. Or, I always yeah, forget it, about remakes that um... easily forgettable. It was a sci-fi it, it, sci-fi oh, network, okay, and just okay. it was that that bad. So. <laughs> Best I, forgotten. I, I, I don't mean to disparage. I know some, you know. Yeah. Uh, people do kind of. Uh, oh, it's executive produced by Ridley and Tony Scott and Frank Darabont. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I hadn't realized that this was the kind of. Uh, this was Crichton's first major novel. Yeah. Like his yeah. first breakthrough novel. I, 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 you know, hard to put them in order. Yeah, and it was a blockbuster. I mean, he did this, and then Coma, and term. Uh, I'm sorry, this, the Terminal Man, and then Coma, right. and you know, and then he just started coming out with one after another, and then you know, then you have like the series like ER, and so and it's just, it's amazing what he accomplished during his lifetime. So many major, I mean, not just not just big tentpole movies, but uh, you know, a tentpole series that that you could. I mean, the Jurassic Park series and and. You know, ER, how many years it was on TV, um, just just an incredible mind, and you know it 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 would sit through and tear tear apart a movie, but for a first go, this is a, an amazing film, and uh, you know a gripping a, it was a it's a gripping story anyway you look at it, and you can sit and pick apart the uh, the, the the edges of it and try to figure out the the unreality of it, but it was but it's it's a great popcorn film. It's something you can sit down and enjoy. I mean nowadays it's a little bit slow paced, but yeah. At the time, great summer movie. You can just sit down and you know watch it, and then uh, feel good when you're done with it, and think that you've learned you've learned something. I don't know what it was, but you know you come out and uh, they, the good guys won, and <laughs> uh, and they give you you know at the end they give you that that you know the end question mark kind of a thing. So uh, yeah, I generally uh, I enjoy, I enjoyed the film. I like talking about the film. I don't I'm not I. As I get further into the movie, I'm not sure if you can do it. This might have been better on a five-minute basis or a ten-minute basis, but <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's worth hanging in. Do, yeah, uh, any any other thoughts on this? Would you watch this movie again? If uh, yeah, if you yeah. Have it? Well, watching the minutes made me want to go back and watch the whole thing. I just have to, you know, I'll arrange the time. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, you know, I'll send you an updated uh, kind of out postscript. I'll be like, oh, by the way, yeah, here's how I, I felt. Did. I did, yeah, I did like this eventually. Uh, I did uh, want, one thing in this in this minute that I just wanted yes. to not. I, speaking of seventies film, kind of uh, uh, technique or, or or things that happened mainly in the seventies films. Yeah, uh, this this I I once I become aware of it uh, when somebody pointed it out to me and I started noticing it everywhere, especially Robert Wise who's did a bunch. But uh, a split diopter shot in this. Oh yeah, yes, yes. There it's 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 crowded with split diopters. Yes. Yeah. But there, in that in that minute uh, fifty seven, there's a there's one that's just very much like, oh yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. It's, um, you know, it's like it really did have a heyday in the in the kind of uh, you know mid mid seventies into early eighties, and then it kind of I guess you know the more, um, I, I, either it fell out of fashion or just technology changed, or um, I'm not sure what, but. Uh, 
Yeah, it just it just looks so cool that you could have you know somebody's uh, earlobe in focus as well as the guy that's coming in the door at the end. You know, yeah. it, it's it's amazing, and he applies it in different places that you wouldn't expect. He's he has like discussions, and he'll have the back of somebody's head on the right hand side of the screen, and then somebody in the middle foreground talking to them, it's like on a two shot. Mm. But it's just extreme, and it looks like extreme deep focus, but it's actually two focuses. Um, but I guess you know it, it's like he liked he liked that idea of using that. So then he put it everywhere. And yet, like you like you said, Robert Wise loves it. I mean, you'll see it in uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. He's got it all over the place. So uh, maybe just you know, I, I, just maybe he bought the lens and he just wanted to try. Hey, we can use it in this shot. Here, put this on the front of that camera. Um, yeah, but yeah, do that yeah, thing it, you did. Yeah, it, it's really cool. Look at that. You know, he just he's holding one thumb far away and one thumb next to his eyeball and just yeah, right like that. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it is beautiful and very, yeah, like you said, a very 70s scene. If you were going to make a, a, an homage to the 70s, I think you'd have to include a, at least one or two split diopters. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and potentially yeah, it, that kind of split screen. Yeah. Yeah. Just have, having things moving that, uh, crosstalk. yeah. Looking like, uh, like the opening credits of Mannix or um, it takes a thief that <laughs> right <laughs> or Brady Brady Bunch you know there you go it's right uh, opening it the same year wow well uh, this has been a, a fun if uh, un uninteresting week on the screen but I do appreciate you having having you on Pete uh, it's it's always the movies by minutes uh, movies by minutes has been very very good to me and uh, yeah well, you, uh, and you've been good to it in return I, well a, I you're I, one of the paragons of the of the mini genre I've I've been trying trying to do my best I'm. I'm planning on a, a new one coming out. I haven't announced it yet, but we're gonna we're gonna do possibly my final group project hmm. uh, com- coming up in uh, in the middle of August. So if any uh, p- uh, podcasters are listening already, you have to be already have done at least or in the process of doing a movies by minutes project. But would like to uh, to have as many people on it because uh, the only hint I'm gonna give at this moment is that it's a 170 minute long movie. Mm. So we do need 17 groups to do 10 apiece. Mm. And uh, I hope you and Alex can can join in on it. It's a it's an epic film. A lot of a lot of Oscars uh, mm. under its belt, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be intriguing to to see how people take this film. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, okay, well uh, we will return there. And uh, of course, people can always regularly listen to you at Star Wars Minute. Yeah, we uh, we're six months out of the year, or usually at least. We're uh, we're we're doing our our Star Wars minute thing. We're Monday through Friday. We do a minute a day, an episode a day, covering one minute uh, for all the Star Wars movies. And we have uh, we're we're about to start the last Jedi. We've got three uh, on the horizon, and then after that, we don't know what's going on. So, wow, well, it's uh, always a mystery. Yeah, but uh, uh. but that's yeah. It's been. Uh, We've got well over a thousand episodes at this point, so if you if you haven't heard our show, you can go back and and have uh, have a nice backlog to check out. Yeah, and it, I'm I'm always I'm I'm always impressed that you do have something to talk about on every episode, <laughs> even if <laughs> even after the thousandth episode, you're still still got things to things to glean. Hmm. So, well, we hope. Uh, we hope. Always, Always exciting. Wow. Well, again, thanks for being on. Uh, for folks who'd like to talk about this particular show we're on called The Andromeda Minute, uh, there's a couple places on social media you can check it out. Over at Facebook, we've got a little place called uh, Project Wildfire, uh, where you can talk about any of the previous 57 minutes. Uh, also, Twitter, uh, uh, Andromeda Minute. You can find previous episodes of The Andromeda Minute on andromedaminute.com or on any of your favorite podcatchers, iTunes. What, uh, what, it's not iTunes anymore. It's a uh, uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, podcasts yeah. Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and Spotify, and TuneIn, and all the other podcasters that you enjoy. So if you're 
if you're enjoying it, please go and subscribe. And it, don't ask this often, but uh, I try to remember it at least once an hour. If you could, um, if you're enjoying the show, please go to iTunes, I, ugh, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, as many stars as you'd like to. That, that would be appreciated. Uh, the way people usually find these uh, harder to find shows is if they see a lot of reviews on it and it kind of climbs up the the charts of people who've actually listened to the show so uh if you could do that it would be much appreciated uh we will return next monday with a whole new uh episode and a whole new week uh in the meantime please wash your hands uh stay six feet apart and also please wear a mask uh, as soon as we can get this uh plague over with uh, back we can go back to enjoying our lives and uh, i think we all want to do that so uh we will see you here next week on the andromeda minute Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.